So today we're on the phone with uh, Ray Autry from uh, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. So Ray, how does the uh, evening find you? Uh, the evening finds me pretty well, John. It's uh, always good to be talking to, to you and um, definitely appreciate um, all you're doing. Um, sure. You know, I um, definitely had a big, um, big pickup today to find out that Tom Crutchfield was sharing our video. Yeah. Uh, which is our most recent video produced by Ned Bruja, who's the Skunk Whisperer on Animal Planet. Right, Which right. airs every Sunday, I believe it's 7 and 9 Central Standard Time. Okay. And, um, you know, really kind of trying to get that to a larger audience. Um, the main goal of that video has been to, you know, one, call out Oklahoma authorities Mm-hmm. and say, hey, enforce laws that are already on the books pertaining right. to animal cruelty. Because what's going on at Roundups, um, you've seen my videos, a lot of our, the people who hear this interview mm-hmm. have seen my videos, you know what sickness is going on. Right, right. And, and But twofold, you know, the second purpose of that video is also to get to a wider audience and maybe find some people who can help further the battle as well. Yeah, exactly. So, now, take us back to the beginning of, you know, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. How did you guys, or how did it come about? You know, what is it? Um, I mean, the name says it all, but for those people that, you know, might come, might be new to the show and not listen to this kind of thing before, what exactly is a Roundup? Well, a Roundup is a, um, they've been going on for a long time through different parts of the country, and the first organized one that was done you know, where rattlesnakes were sold and, you know, and things of that nature, was the Okeen, Oklahoma Rattlesnake Roundup in 1939. Okay. Uh, Sweetwater's claim to fame is it's the biggest. Okeen's claim to fame is it's the oldest. I see. And a Roundup is an event where hunters catch snakes and then they sell these snakes to the local community who butchers them, processes the meat, um, they sell the skins. They will sell you almost anything but a head, unless it's already been dead for several days and someone has, you know, a taxidermist has mounted it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but, you know, they'll sell the rattles. They'll make keychains <clears throat> out of them. And really... Now, what, no, I'm not to interrupt you, but what's interesting to me, though, is, you know, what you've basically just talked about, it sounds, you know, uh, to a layperson, like, okay, so it's just kind of like, you know, Cows going to market, really. But that's not actually what's going on. So can you give us a little more, you know, without going too in-depth, because, you know, the videos really say it all, but it's not like cows going to market, folks. It's much worse, but I'll let Ray explain that, because you've actually gone to a roundup and seen firsthand. Yes, I've visited um, three different roundups in the Oklahoma area. I've been visiting them for a few years now, and my assessment is it's the full-scale eradication of a species. Mm-hmm. Uh, cattle and other animals that, you know, are processed and that we eat are farmed for this purpose. This is taking a wild animal in ridiculous numbers out of its habitat and putting and, and basically exterminating them, um, killing them, um, selling the meat. Some of them, you know, in the past have been just killed for fun. Lots. These things have a really bloody history to them, and what I see happening is the limits in Oklahoma are at what I feel, and in my opinion, unsustainable. Mm-hmm. As in, for four months out of the year, from March 1st to June 30th, 
you know, if you can find 150 Western Diamondbacks a day, you can take 150 Western Diamondbacks a day. And I, I don't really see how, you know, a lot of the local populations sustain this kind of hunting. I don't see how they are able to have festivals. But then upon prior in, or previous investigation, we find out that in some cases they're being trucked in from Texas and other parts of the country. Wow. Because they have been hunted out in these regions. Wow. Now, yes. the other thing that kind of stunned me, you know, when I first figured out what a Roundup was, um, <clears throat> you know, you said that they were, you know, being killed and things of that nature, but they're, like, literally killing thousands of, you know, and this is where I think a lot of people make the mistake, is that people hear, you know, thousands of snakes die, you know, at these Roundups. Folks, it's not thousands of snakes. It's thousands of pounds of snakes. And on average, you know, a snake might weigh, what, a couple, maybe three pounds? Right. You know? And these are thousands of pounds of rattlesnakes being slaughtered every year. And, right. And when we're talking slaughter, we're not talking about, you know, they, you know, immediately, you know, take the head off and, you know, it's, or, you know, done in a humane fashion. I mean, you guys just got to watch these videos. I mean, and granted, don't eat before you watch the videos if you're queasy, but you guys have got to watch these videos and share them with your friends, neighbors, anyone you can, because this is just beyond disgusting to me personally. I mean, it's just... Yeah, basically what they're doing, John, is I feel like they're taking the death of an animal and the processing of it and making a spectacle of it. Mm -hmm. And if you and if your fourth grade son came home from a field trip and he's like, you know, in the fourth or third grade, you know, still young and impressionable, and told you, well, mommy, they took us to the cattle plant and we got to watch people slaughter cattle and then we even got to participate in it. Yeah. You know... I mean, I, I bet you there would be some angry parents in that group. Yeah, just a but few. But <laughs> that, that is indeed what is happening. I have video from Apache, Oklahoma, where they are letting in preteen girls to go back in, like, a rattlesnake processing area. And I'm videotaping these, you know, 13-year-old girls take a machete while a guy holds a rattlesnake to a wood block with a pair of tongs, and she whacks its head off. Now, I think, of, I think one, you know, this, to make a spectacle of the death of any living creature is sick in my mentality. Am I saying I'm, you know, a vegan and I, you know, only eat plant material? No, I'm not. That's not right. what I'm going at. But to make a show right. out of the death of any animal to me is just really disgusting. And then, what if the old boy holding the rattlesnake with the tongs passes out and falls over? Uh, then you've got a very venomous pit viper on the ground next to a 13-year-old girl. Right. Well, you know, that's one of the interesting things that I saw that was brought up um, by Bruja, um, was, or it might have been your video, I'm not sure which, I've watched them all so many different times now, that, you know, they're, um, before the snakes are actually killed or slaughtered, however you want to put it, um, the mouths are sewn shut, and then they're draped around people for photographic opportunities. Yeah, um, I, I didn't really know how that was done, and in the in the um, in the uh, spring of 2010, I visited the Apache Roundup for the first time and never saw that that booth where they ha had a rattlesnake, you know, photo opportunity. But the festival was almost rained out that year, okay. and um, very few people attended it. The festival almost went under, and 
I kind of was wondering, how are they getting pictures with rattlesnakes? These have to be venomoids. Well, no, I come to find out, through taping the Apache hunt the next year, that their mouths are sewn shut, and I found out the same thing in Warica, but a gentleman at the Apache hunt was actually nice enough to explain, while I had my, you know, webcam running, uh-huh. you know, how it's done. They take these snakes, they stick them in a freezer for about two hours, it induces some kind of, you know, rumation-type state. Right. Probably starts the crystallization of their blood. It's probably painful for them. And then they pull them out of the freezer, and they're too slow to move, and then they just sew their mouths shut. And um, they don't do this to all the snakes for roundups. They do this for photo opportunities. Right. And, and once a snake is kind of dead after a couple of hours of this, uh-huh. Um, you know, it hits the chopping block somewhere, or is thrown in the trash. Wow. Yeah. Now, this is something that, you know, because I, I am a member of, you know, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, and this is something that we've, you know, has been discussed on the forums time and again uh, about the Venom Collection, and, you know, because there are claims out there that some individuals are at these Roundups collecting Venom to be processed later for anti-Venom purposes. What's, you know... Now, I'm not saying, just so everybody understands, I'm not saying I agree with, you know, people working the roundups to right. collect venom and then destroying the animals. But, you know, in my personal opinion, at least, you know, we're getting something out of a cruel act. Anything well, that you can add to, you know? Yeah, I can add, I can say that I didn't, I wasn't lucky enough to get this on tape, but I've seen people milk snakes and then throw the venom in the trash. Mm. Just dump out the container. Wow. And, um... And I know that some people have made claims that it, that it that it is being done, it is being sold. My my personal take on it has been, or I've written most of the major roundups in the Oklahoma area, mm-hmm. and said and said, show me a receipt. Who are you selling to? I want right. to know. But then I was able to talk to a veterinarian the other night, who was telling me that Crofab, um, you know, for animals. Mm-hmm. was far less expensive than the, cro- I guess, the Crofab that's u- administered to human beings. And I, I said, well, what's the difference? And he was saying he thought that the Crofab for human beings was like $1,000 a vial, whereas the Crofab that you would give a uh, dog when you bring it into his clinic was like $250 a vial. So maybe there is some collection at some of the more, I hate to use the word legitimate roundups. Right. But I, I've, I've not seen anything at Oklahoma Roundups that leads me to believe that the venom is actually being sold and used for anything good. Yeah, um, yeah. Once again, I invite any Roundupper out there to prove me wrong. Yeah, Show me definitely. Res- yeah, give me a name. Yeah, if there's a Roundup person, you know, that listens, you know, to the podcast for whatever reason, you know, I, you know, there's comment portion on there. Feel free, you know. Right, um, right. I'm more than happy to post any comments, you know, that are legitimate. I mean, if we're going to, you know, but I'll just, and I'm just going to leave it at that, that, you know, any legitimate comments will be posted. Right. And uh, now, speaking of legitimate, um, there are roundups that are actually not necessarily good, but, you know, we're not out there slaughtering thousands of pounds of rattlesnakes either. And I know one of them is the Keystone Club up in, I believe it's Pennsylvania, that actually documents what they're catching, releases where they're caught. You know, meaning where they catch it, they take it right back to the same spot with a GPS signal and re-release it and things of that nature. Is that still going on? 
Yes, uh, Bill Rulon Miller, who is another co-administrator on Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, mm -hmm. was able to attend the Knox in Pennsylvania hunt this last year. Okay. And he said that he observed rattlesnakes being pit tagged. Uh, these are timber rattlesnakes. These are so they're and in that part of the country they are a species of special concern mm -hmm. and or endangered, however you want to say it. So what is going on at these no-kill roundups in Pennsylvania? If hunters are allowed to catch one snake a day, they have to re they have to pit tag it. They have to re-release it in the location where they caught it, and they do true educational shows right. based on legitimate education. Right. Uh, which really kind of is a far step from what I've seen, uh, at least in Oklahoma, and from what I've seen on video from you know Sweetwater, Texas, Freer, Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it seems like it's a whole different world. And I, I would add that San Antonio has what they call a San Antonio, Florida, let me correct myself, has a rattlesnake festival. And it's the same thing. Snakes oh, cool. are being caught, but they're not being killed. Oh, wow. And, and um, you know, and these are the eastern diamondbacks that are being, you know, caught down there. But, um, you know, you go a few hundred miles north to Georgia, and they still have, you know, kill roundups. Mm -hmm. where, where snakes are being slaughtered, right. and um, you know, and so it's still going on. The, kill, the, ki the roundups where animals are killed mm. and um, you know abused is still going on in several states. Right. But um, but Pennsylvania and Florida seem to be leading the way as far as how to do these things right. Okay. Now, <clears throat> how many states altogether are uh, doing the the where they do actually kill the roundups? Well. Um, kind of really hard to pin it down. Okay. I know that Alabama has one. I know that Georgia has two. Um, I've heard, by way of another herpetologist friend, that the Kansas, the Sharon Springs, Kansas roundup actually shut down a few years ago. Mm. And that was a kill roundup. I, I do know there's a few still left in Texas, and there's a four that I know of in Oklahoma. I'm kind of waiting confirmation on another one. Right. And there, I do believe there's one in New Mexico as well. Okay. I know these these events have been outlawed in California and Arizona, mm -hmm. from from what I understand. But also, I'm kind of worried about the underground culture of of these things because there may be roundups going on that we don't know about. That's a total possibility. True. True. Now, what's the ecological effect, or do we know the ecological effect of you know rattlesnake roundups yet? Well, you know, the thing of it is, is I, I get, I get, this is one thing that I get asked for a lot. Right. Is legitimate research, legitimate statistics. And kind of what we're doing is we're penetrating a culture that is endemic to a certain area, and it's kind of almost an underground type of event. Mm -hmm. These people don't want to tell you how many snakes they're catching, how much money they're making how much money is going back into the community, how much revenue actually comes from rattlesnakes. Right. Versus, you know, all the carnival rides, the pony rides, the food, and the ever-popular beer tent, which yeah. is at every one of these things. Of course. Um, you know, I think Coors is probably making off more than ever, anyone, but um, I will say this, that the 2010 Apache, Oklahoma, roundup that I, I went to is the first one I photographed. They only caught... 400 snakes that year, and and according to uh, one of the festival organizers in the Daily Oklahoman, blamed it on the bad weather. 
Well, I know the range of mountains they're hunting, mm -hmm. and the year following, which had huge attendance, which brought the festival back in black, back in into the black. Mm -hmm. They said they only caught a hundred rattlesnakes that year, and that to me leads me to believe that they're really having a serious impact on these populations. Now, I have spoken with um, senators who have told me, you know, do not worry because there's still protected lands in Oklahoma where these animals are not hunted and their populations are very high there. Mm. My question is, knowing, knowing Oklahoma, and I'm not trying to put down the state I live in, but knowing kind of the policies and how loosely these hunts are regulated, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I also know there's a lot of poaching going on in Oklahoma, not just with rattlesnakes, oh, sure. but with, with other species. And the Tulsa World ran an article a while back where a gentleman from Haskell, Oklahoma, admitted to taking a hydraulic jack, using it to lift up rocks so he could get it in sights, take home rattlesnakes, power feed them all throughout the winter, mm -hmm. so, so he could, you know, win like the biggest snake contest and get more money for his his catch. Right. And so, I mean, the, the ecological effects of these things have got to be devastating. I've had a few recent arguments lately that people have said they aren't, and I'm telling these people, get on the ground and go to one of these things and tell me that I'm wrong. <clears throat> because from what I can see with my eyes, yeah, I may not have numbers in front of me provided by, you know, the United States Fish and Wildlife Service, but what I can tell you is are they taking too many animals out of the wild? Yes. Right. Um, you know, and I don't see a good end for those animals. The snakes you see at Roundups are sick. They're mm -hmm. decimated. A lot of them are dehydrated. Some of them are actually taken before this season mm -hmm. and kept in storage boxes with no food, no water. So it may be four or five weeks in a wooden box with no water before they make a Roundup. Right, right. And once again, it's been almost impossible to prove because you have to get someone to admit that they're poaching. But yeah. these are statements that we've heard from people in Roundup towns, ex-Roundupers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some current Roundupers have even said these things in earshot. Mm -hmm. And um, I really want to bank on the importance of eyewitness testimony. Yeah. Because, you know, once again, I've seen people at certain hunts milk snakes and then dump the venom and then like, okay, like, you know, ready for the next show. And um, some of these people are still selling snake bite kits as a way to treat rattlesnake bites. Awesome. Yeah, and we both know those were proven scientifically invalid in the what, 70s. Yeah, well, but, well, that was uh, that was back in the 70s, and even the Sawyer venom extractor has been uh, shown to cause more damage than it does good. Right. So, and that was just recently by Dr. Sean Bush from uh, Loma Linda University. Great man, great man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Now, uh, speaking about these roundups and things of that nature and, you know, the snakes that are taken and stuff like that, I, I personally have spoken with a couple herpetologists, which, you know, I haven't actually um, had the opportunity to interview them yet in specific regards to the rattlesnake roundups, but those, uh, those shows will be forthcoming, and they are telling me the same thing, that these roundups are having an ecological impact, whether... The roundupers, organizers, sponsors, whoever wants to believe it, you know, it doesn't, basically what they're telling me, Ray, is it doesn't take the numbers, it's just, you know, pretty much scientific, you know, probability 
rules out any doubt that this is, you know, not having an impact on the current ecological environment. I mean, it's just physically impossible. Right. So. Well, to add to that, I was, um, in 2011, which is the video that you see in some of the Skunk Whisperers video, and then on some of mine, like the big one came from Texas, which is on the Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundup's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there taping this guy, who's a snake handler in the pit, and he just tells me, "You see those that big one over there? They had this like six foot monster western diamondback." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, it, "It came from Texas," and I'm like, "Can you say that? What was that again?" You know, he said, "Yeah, we get the big ones from Texas," and I'm kind of like looking around this pit of rattlesnakes, and I realized that majority of these rattlesnakes are all under you know three foot in length right and then here is the six foot monster mm. okay now i don't have proof you know actual physical tangible evidence that they did indeed get that snake from texas other than i got the guy on film saying it right and um would love to drive out there and confront him with it but you know why are we only seeing you know okeen used to have seven foot long rattlesnakes mm-hmm there's a skin in the Okeen Rattlesnake Museum. I swear to God, this Western Diamondback was eight foot long. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. And why are these snakes only getting to certain sizes? Well, my guess is they're being hunted out, John. That's the only thing I can think of. That and was, why? That was one of the herpetologists, actually, that uh, I met with just uh, very recently that said, you know, these people that go out and do these roundups, they're taking the big ones and, you know, hunting them out, you know? Right. They sell them by the pound and sometimes by the size. Mm-hmm. There's also a con. Almost every roundup I've been to and know about has a biggest snake contest. Right. right. So, so, you know, they're taking these huge alpha males out of the environment. Uh, mm-hmm. in a, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a real travesty because now, you know, I've, I've heard, once again, from roundup participants themselves... We have to go farther every year to find the same amount of snakes. Right. I was I was watching Rattlesnake Republic one time on on the Animal Planet channel, and Riley Sawyer's, who's one of the Sweetwater JC's rattlesnake collectors, was talking about being in Central Texas and having to drive four hours and still not finding any rattlesnakes. Well, this was an area that once was just so very densely populated by rattlesnakes. I can't see where anyone would have to drive four hours to find them. Right. You know, we're talking about the center of Texas area, you know, kind of like the middle of Odessa region, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that some of these guys are just kind of making our argument for us. Right, right. Is, is really phenomenal. Now, you know, a lot of people are going to hear this, Ray, and let's say they might be as passionate as I was <laughs> when I first came into uh, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. Right. Can you explain to us how we're supposed to go about things that we don't come across as, you know, um, the uh, individuals that do this, <laughs> so we don't come across, you know, basically, the, we don't want to come across as the pot kettle, uh, pot calling the kettle black, which, you know, I almost did when I first started with, you know, Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, because I was just, you know, I was passionate, I think is how you put it, actually. <laughs> Well, so was I, John, and when I first joined Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, it had maybe a hundred members, mm-hmm. um, and they had to shut me down and ban and delete a lot of my posts. Basically, um, Jared Wood, who was one of the co-founders of the group, 
who's now studying in Kentucky, he's getting his PhD in zoology, he grew up in Warriga, Oklahoma, which, ha- which is home to one of the largest roundups in the state of Oklahoma, and also one of the most inhumane. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that he grew up and went to high school with are now running the roundup. And he, is, he, he had to tell me, hey, stop. You know, we have to talk to these people on a civil, intellectual, educational level. And that is one point of frustration I've had is because once someone explained it to me, I, I tried to explain it to everybody else. And so many people in the herpetological community, once again, I'm not bashing them, Right. But, but they wear their emotions on their sleeve. And we have to, when we approach authorities or people in charge of roundups, we have to be rational. Um, they're going to lump us in the, you know, animal rights activist category anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have to be professional. We have to be sane. Um, you know, we, we, can't, we can't go in there responding to them the way they've responded to us. Right. right. Uh, and I can just kind of say that I've had some really hateful, nasty emails, mm-hmm. um, you know, in communications, and, you know, and, and I see comments back, like, you know, you must be part of the PETA crowd, and I'm like, well, no, actually, uh, I, I'm not, I just, I, and I wouldn't have a problem with the hunting of these animals if they had decent, you know, size limits and things of that nature, but it's just an all-out, it's just an all-out grab in... Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma, you can take as many as you can catch per day. I don't know the limits in Texas, but you know I know um, Ronnie Orth Jr. Uh, was on a, a video for Discover Oklahoma, and he's the son of the Apache Oklahoma ra- rattlesnake roundup. And he stated on the day he got bit by a rattlesnake that they took 86 rattlesnakes from the same spot. Well, what that tells me is more than likely they just wiped out an entire den. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't know how they did it. Maybe they used tongs. Maybe they used gasoline. No one will admit to using gasoline, although I'm pretty sure it still goes on. Right. And you know, and I don't see how you can take that many, that many of that, or excuse me, that many animals of a certain you know species that only populates <clears throat> every so often. You know, it, it's not like these guys are you know hunting rabbits or something. You know. Right. And rattlesnakes are a huge food source for a number of other predators as well. Yeah. You know, um, hawks, um, you know, peccaries, you know, coyotes, all kinds of things eat young rattlesnakes. Right, right. And so basically, you know, if, if a rattlesnake has, you know, a clutch of um, 20 young, I, you know, I think it's statistic-wise, you know, maybe three make it to adulthood. Yeah, exactly. And of that three, they're denning up and then being pulled out. Right. And just taken in mass numbers, and once again, we we know it's been proven animals can and will be hunted to extinction. Yeah, look at and, the freaking dodo bird. I mean, hello. Well, the dodo bird, the passenger <laughs> yeah. pigeon, almost the American bison, almost the American alligator. Yeah, I mean, there was a time in in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where I reside, where I could go out in my backyard and see twenty Texas horned lizards, otherwise, you know, referred to as horn horn toads or horny toads. Yeah. But, you know, and they're all gone today. Yeah, and today, yeah. And today they're a species of special concern in the state. There's a few pockets of them. I'm not telling anyone where they're at. Yeah. But, but you know, it's like no one ever thought they would be gone from the landscape. 
Yeah. And we're seeing the same mentality towards the western diamondback rattlesnakes in Oklahoma. People are saying, well, there's there's so many of them, they'll never get hunted out. Yeah, right. Well, okay, you, you caught 400 one year, blamed it on bad weather. You caught 100 the next year, blamed it on bad weather. Something besides the weather's going on here, John. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, before we let you go here, Ray, we got some uh, questions from some of our fans. and uh, Let's see, I think it's Robert Sheridan uh, is asking, rattlesnake versus javelina or peccary, however you want to call it, you know, who wins? Um, any answer for that one? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, from the people I've talked to who um, work for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, they've mm-hmm. uh, seen peccaries killing rattlesnakes and eating them, so I'm going to give that one to the peccary probably 95% of the time. Yeah, I was going to say, because, you know, when growing up, you know, my dad, uh, he was back from back in Kentucky, and uh, he was talking about, you know, hunting wild pigs and stuff like that, and, you know, they could really, I won't use his terminology, but they could really mess up a dog in a heartbeat. Right. You know, and I, you know, I mean, to me, a pig is, you know, a little pink thing that you, you know, slaughter and go get it at the market and, you know. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> right. Javelina and peccaries are not the little pink ones that you see. These things are can be very nasty when uh, when injured and when hunted. <laughs> right. They they can be, but basically, from what I uh, from my observations is, it would take a pretty good sized rattlesnake to fend off a a peccary. Yeah, cause um, don't they travel in packs too? They yes, peccaries. Um, I'm not a peccary expert, but they yeah, do. Yeah, me neither, by any shot. Tra- they do travel in packs, but if you think about this, a road runner uh, can take out a, a full, you know, adult grown yeah. rattlesnake. Well, I, I'm not sure if peccaries are immune to rattlesnake venom. I know certain species of pigs that are, oh, and wow. I know that the peccaries are close yeah. in physiology to pigs, so I don't know if there's some kind of component of them being immune to rattlesnake venom where they can, you know, eat young rattlesnakes and things. Right, right. But I, 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 did, I did view that question earlier, and I'm, I'm going with the peccary on that Yeah, one. I, I would think so too, but, you know. <laughs> and right. then um, Deborah King Evans wants to know uh, pretty much what the question that we all want to know, you know, how in this day and age with as enlightened, you know, and I'm adding the word enlightened in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can such a barbaric, pointless thing uh, be allowed to go on. I mean, any... Is there any... Because, I mean, as far as, to my knowledge anyway, these things started because uh, ranchers were taking their cattle out to graze and what have you, and they were losing, you know, a certain number of cattle. Back then, you know, I'm not saying I agree with it, but they enacted, or they acted on what they thought was best. Today, I don't think I mean, there might may be free roaming cattle. I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, um, uh, uh, there was a position paper by the American Society of Ichiologists and Herpetologists. Okay. Published a few years back, I want to say 2007, and they cited—I don't have it in front of me—but they cited yeah. a veterinary study from Texas in the 1950s that said that basically said something to the effect of. Livestock losses from rattlesnake bites were rare, if not just, like, totally not happening. So they're and negligible, then? They're negligible. And wow. getting back to her question, I, I, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, evil triumphs when good men do nothing. 
Right. And basically, we have, in the state of Oklahoma, we have laws on the books that should be protecting these animals per what attorneys we've spoken with have told us. Mm -hmm. And basically, when you take money and then you combine it with fear, which are the two factors that I see driving rattlesnake roundups. That's a heck you of know, a combination. It's a heck of a combination. Um, I've talked to roundupers who truly do believe they have to protect their children from rattlesnakes. And I talked to the mayor of one Oklahoma town who had th like three people killed in her district that year by a, a certain type of dog. I'm not going to you know, right. get all the dog lovers mad at me, but... But, and she defended the roundup tooth and nail, and I asked her point blank, when, when was the last time someone in your community died or was seriously, seriously injured by a rattlesnake bite? She could not answer the question. And then I asked her if she knew that three people had been killed by, um, you know, dogs mm -hmm. in her area that year, and she said no. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're fighting an information battle. We're fighting against ingrained generational fear. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're also fighting against ignorance. Um, you and I both know that rattlesnakes, um, they want to be left alone. Yeah. And from my personal observations, the, the majority of rattlesnake bites that seem to occur in this country seem to be Roundup related. Mm. Interesting. I'd, and I'd, I might do some research into that one. And <laughs> well, I would recommend that you um, that you uh, look at um, maybe the, the Okeen Rattlesnake Hunt uh -huh. website. I don't know what the URL for it is. Okay. But I believe they have pictures of all the bite victims over the years. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's a film by a, a lady named Wendy Green called Snake Fever, and it's not a pro or anti-roundup. It's film, it's just a documentary, but it is on Vimeo, mm -hmm. which is B-I-M-E-O, and okay. um, just look up Snake Fever by Wendy Green, and they have a wall in the Rattlesnake Clubhouse where it's the Order of the White Fang. You get a certificate if you've been bitten during a hunt, wow. and there's got to be 50 or 60 names up there. Right. Now, now in, in Rattlesnake Roundups, a lot of times people do things like daredevil stunts. Right. We've all seen, you know, people getting in bathtubs with hundreds of rattlesnakes. You see people pancaking them, which is basically picking them up with their bare hands and kind of compressing the rattlesnake so that it can't bite you and you can still hold it in your hand. And then I, I've seen people try to kiss rattlesnakes and things like that, and these are the people that are being bitten. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, sure, there is the odd bite, that occurs because, you know, someone's kid goes off in the brush and, you know, steps over a log, doesn't see the snake, the snake doesn't see the kid. Yeah. And, and things like that happen, but really, I think the vast majority of rattlesnake bites in this country are Roundup-related. Do I have the statistics to prove that? No, I don't, but I can point you towards videos right. that um, definitely would, would back up that assertion. Well, what's interesting is I know for <clears throat> from my personal research and when we used to give talks that most rattlesnake bites here in the United States uh, occur to young men between the ages of 18 and 24, between the index finger and the elbow, and there's usually alcohol or drugs involved. Yes, 
Yes, so, that has, that's been my observation as well. And, you know, to um, me, that just says it all. You know, some drunk kid, you know, trying to pick up rattlesnake. Great, that's right. <laughs> and those and are what, what, and those are what the medical community calls legit, uh, illegitimate bites. Right, and I've seen video, um, and it's in Wendy Green's video where people are out catching rattlesnakes and they're drinking beer. Right, right. And um, the gentleman in O'Keene who was, he was walking around barefoot in what they call the den of death, mm -hmm. which is where all the rattlesnakes are. You know, I just asked one of the volunteers, will you let me in and will you let me handle a rattlesnake? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, what kind of, you know, what am I trying to do here? Other right. than to prove that they'll let the public take place in unsafe acts. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I will let you do it if I pin him. Now, what I didn't know and what I couldn't smell because the guy's about three feet taller than I am, right. is that he'd been drinking beer all day. Um, it's in Bruja's video. You know, if you take time to check out the Skunk Whispers video mm -hmm. on YouTube, um, you know, he was there in the morning taping the same roundup. I was there in the afternoon, and here's a guy who's been slugging beers all day, and he's taking, you know, venomous pit vipers and draping them around the necks of seven-year-olds mm -hmm. so they can get their picture taken with them. And these are not snakes that have their mouths shut, John. These are snakes where, you know, they'll squeeze the head, so, you know, they'll open their mouth, and you can see their fangs. Wow. And, and once again, someone sneezes or passes out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be a really tragic situation, and it wouldn't be happening at all if these animals were being left in their habitats or handled by, you know, more competent people right. who take it seriously. But for them to let me just walk into the den of death in the middle of, uh, you know, 500 rattlesnakes, mm. and they pinned one, and then they let me pick it up and free-handled it. Of course, I had, a, you know, I had my hand behind its head, of course. Right, right. But, but, you know, just for them to let me do that points to the fact that these, they're not thinking about the responsibilities involved. And I've heard of uh, roundups in Texas, and once again, this is stuff that I've caught, you know, on the on the wing, I don't have the names, right. but I've heard of Roundup participants being bitten in sacking contests, mm -hmm. and then they turn around and sue the city, and the city is held liable for the damages, the medical bills, <sighs> wow, and, and things like that. So while these things are a boon to the community, and they do boost local economic dollars, I, I think some people are you know, not looking at the fact that there's a real threat Mm -hmm. to being involved in this kind of thing. And also, I think, with a little help and education and civil dialogue, these events could definitely be altered. We, we can change these things while we still have time. Oh, but it's sure. going to take It's going to take people getting involved. And um, a lot of people think, I'm the guy. Some people think, Bill, or you are the guy. Mm. Uh, you know, th there's been a lot of talk lately about unity in the herb community or the herpetological community, should I say, and right. it's, it's going to take every single person, you know, contacting Oklahoma state officials saying, hey, this isn't okay, because right. the average roundup attendance a day, I mean, it varies from roundup to roundup, but I've easily seen 25,000 people in a day at one Oklahoma roundup. Wow. Sweetwater claiming to be the world's largest, I've heard, sometimes has 40,000 people a day. And remember that these people are there and they're spending money right and 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 that's a huge thing because a lot of the money is used for for good purposes some of it benefits 
you know, handicapped children, mm-hmm. Christmas gifts for the needy, volunteer fire departments, and things of that nature. But, you know, two, one or two thousand letters to government officials is not going to get the, is not going to put a dent in these things. We need thirty-five, forty thousand people right. to speak out against these things. And anyone who can help us further that message, definitely get in contact with, you know, John or myself, right. and I'll, we'll help make that happen. Yeah. Because it's it's going to take a lot more than just the 2,000 members of Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. Yeah, very definitely. You know, to 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 really make this, you know, um, to really alter these events as they're happening today. Yeah, very definitely. All right, well... I appreciate you uh, being in the living uh, reptile living room here, Ray. And uh, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, let you go here? Yeah, I would like to um, just say, please take the time to to view uh, the Skunk Whisperers video. Mm-hmm. That that um, I know you've seen it. It's on Rar's YouTube channel. It's also on the Skunk Whisperers YouTube channel. I don't have a URL to give you... Um, no, that's fine. What I can do is I'll, I'll actually put uh, links to all the videos in the show notes, and that way people can check them out that way. Right. And what we need people to do with this video is like it, share it with all their friends, and tell them not to flag it, and then follow the suggestions laid out. Right. We have an action plan in that video, and basically what we're trying to do is contact the district attorneys and saying you know, you need to prosecute these statutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're listed in the video. You know, the law is being broken here. You need to do something about it. Right. And you must remain calm and professional when doing this. Right, right. You know, if, if we you know if we call these people and yell and scream, it's just going to hurt our cause. Yeah. But um, basically, that video is so important for a number of reasons. Basically... I got a lot of the footage for it myself, which cost a lot of money. And I know sometimes the footage is not the best. Right. But you know, working with um, you know, you know, cheaper equipment, doing what doing what we did with what we had. Right. And then the amount of legal research that went into making, specifically the Skunk Whispers video, mm-hmm. and the editing and things involved in that. I mean, it was not cheap. Yeah. It was very, it was very expensive. And what I'm going to say to the herpetological community is, we take Ned Bruja, who's the skunk whisperer, who now loves snakes. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first met him six, seven years ago, I don't know that he really knew what to do with them. Didn't know how to identify them. Um, he started going to local herp meetings at the zoo and, and wanted to learn more about them because he loves all wildlife and has respect for all wildlife. But for him to stand up and put his weight behind this along with money I've spent, along with money he's spent. You know, is it too much to ask people to view this video, like this video, share it with your friends, and then send, just send emails or make the phone calls? Right. I, I, you know, if, if everybody does their part, you know, we can, make, uh, we can make the state of Oklahoma realize that the world is indeed watching in disapproval and that the cruelty and the spectacle of the suffering of any animal is not okay. Um, you know, if this, if we were doing the same things to dogs right now, you, you and I both know that, that there would be a national outrage, there would be several organizations that I will not name that would be all over the issue, 
but these are snakes. Um, it's, it's hard to get people to care about snakes. They're not cute, fluffy bunnies. But there are people like me out there who think that all snakes are beautiful and have a rightful place in the ecosystem. And um, I just think that the rattlesnake being a, you know, a totally iconic animal to this country, it would be a shame for these guys to get wiped out. And, and, I, and I stand by and have to explain to my grandkids 60 years from now what a rattlesnake was, what they were about, and then why I'm dying of a tumor that science, you know, can't fix because these snakes' venom held the key to medicinally fighting that tumor. Right, right. You know, I mean, you, you know the research that's being done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, you know, I mean, there's just so many reasons to get involved with this now. A lot of people say, that, well, they're not endangered. They're not on the species of special concern. My question is, how long until they are? And is it going to take a, you know, a passenger pigeon or dodo bird or American bison type issue before we wake up and smell the coffee? I, I truly hope not. Mm, very definitely. Very definitely. Yeah. And like I said, folks, I'm going to put... Uh all the links to the YouTube channels and uh, the actual RAR uh, group on the uh, show notes there, so you can all uh, contact you know RAR or you know watch the videos on the YouTube channel and share all those. Um, once again, Ray, I appreciate you uh, being in the show. Uh, finally, got a hold of you. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on the show. It's a real honor, John. It's a real honor. Very cool, sir. And we look forward to uh, supporting RAR and uh, getting these roundups stopped. Very definitely. I do appreciate your time, sir. All right. And there you have it, folks. That was Ray Autry from Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. And once again, please do, <clears throat> excuse me, and once again, please do check out the uh, show notes. Click on the videos. Like he said, watch them. Share them with your friends. Make sure you don't flag them. Make sure you like them. Once again, share them with everybody you know. Granted, they're they're going to make you sick. I I promise you that. They they're, There's some disgusting stuff in there about how these animals are actually treated. But... Unless we make the moves, we write these senators, we contact these people and let them know that we're not happy with what's going on, it's just going to continue going on. So once again, share the videos, like them, share them on Facebook, stumble upon, Twitter, wherever you folks can get them out, get them out there. Write people. We're going to have, uh, RAR's going to have a website up here pretty soon. Uh, coming up in the new year, we're going to be able to actually download uh, letters and things of that nature so you can write your own senators, congressmen, what have you, and get some action going. Um, if you're not on the Facebook group yet, you can go to, you know, of course, your Facebook and just look up Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can click on that. It'll take you to the group. Let them know um, that you heard about the group from Reptile Living Room. And that way you'll get an instant approval because it is a closed group. We're trying to monitor who comes in and who comes out of the group. So with that, uh, we're going to sign off, and we look forward to seeing you once again in the Reptile Living Room. <laughs>